broadcasting around the world. This is the Hard Asset Money Show. Your wealth, your money, your future. Serious talk about what's happening and how you can profit. Live in three, two, one. So now as we talk about the 98% loss, Nixon, here's what he believed. He's, Nixon saved the dollar very briefly with the consequences of killing it forever. So once he removed gold, it stabilized a little bit, matter of hours and days, not months and years. And then it just started dropping like a rock. It had a little bump and then it goes toodles, bye-bye, south. So when you're looking at, I want to call it the, um, the moral part of what gold did to back the dollar, it gave credibility, it gave security, it gave safeguards to the international business community by dealing in dollars. It gave them all the warm and comfy feelings that you need when you're talking about people's money. So the moral and ethical values are gone when this happened. I mean, this is not new in history, and it regularly happens at the end of any major eras or cycles. We have governments removing currencies that are backed and supported by some kind of a tangible hard asset, obviously silver and gold being your primary two. And so this is not, it's not new in history that what Nixon did. The interesting part was we, we were economic power, and we were in modern periods, and you can look this stuff up in books. You don't have to you know, read tea leaves or you know, try to do an astronomical amount of research that would boggle you down. You could make one phone call. I'm sure there were people in the White House that were smart people that could have said, you know, Mr. President, this is bad. So what we're looking at happened to us, let's talk about the past. This happened, for example, at the end of the Roman Empire as Rome disintegrated economically and morally. When the Roman Empire started to remove the silver and gold in their coins, they would take about 10% out and have 90%. Then it went to 80%. And then it went to 70% silver and or gold with a mixture of probably copper. And people were like, well, it's still okay. It's still okay. So your physical coin, which was one time for hundreds of years, 100% gold, which gave it the value that it needed to continue to grow the economy and create wealth and, and stability, the, the emperors were like, you know, if we take it just 10% off, they'll still get 90%. And that 10% will allow us to spend more money. Okay, that's what Nixon believed. Well, it doesn't work that way, as Rome found out. So it disintegrated economically fast. In fact, it was morally because they did what is considered to be an immoral act by cheating the people out of the value of what they worked so hard for. So the emperor Commodus started it all and was the ancient version of Nixon. And then Galenius finished it off and was the Greek version of our modern day uh, administrations, the last two or three or four. They're all guilty in some way, shape, or form of overspending. They're all guilty in some way, shape, or form of relying on future estimates rather than historical facts. They think that if they print more money, it is sustainable within the economy. That is not true. The more we've had to print in debt, and we continue to do it to maintain the consistency of a growing economy, you have to grow the amount that we print because the economy grows bigger based on your flooding of the economy with more and more dollars. So dissolution of values and principles are clearly a consequence of financial and economic dysfunction. And the dissolution of values and principles are the removing 
of real value supporting any currency. So what Nixon did and what administrations, and it's not a political party here. I don't want to just sound negative on Nixon. He just happens to be the guy that did the bad. And there's been administrations since that have tried to literally change that. But for whatever reason, it just, it just didn't happen. They're addicted to spending. They're addicted to easing monetary policy, which can really be beneficial for the economy. I'm not saying it's all negative. It's not at the time. But if you continue to maintain the pattern of behavior where you spend more each year than you make, there will be a time when the banks, the creditors are going to go, yo, is anybody home? I got a bill here that needs to get paid and you can't print no more money. That's bad. So as we move along here and we look at this kind of policy, the fact that the U.S., for example, has increased the federal debt every year since 1960, with the exception of just four small times, is a sign of chronic disease and total dysfunction. I had to write that down. I just, I just love that part. I love it. Because it's true. It's dysfunctional. If you're running a household budget, how many times do you spend more than you make in a month, and how many years can you take that on? I don't know of anybody that does it personally. Um, well, that's not true. I guess I do. Oh, the people that are in bankruptcy. That's right. If the government continues for over 60 years and it's become increasingly more decadent, both economically and financially, how can we expect the people to have the faith in the government's monetary policy of dollar printing? They, we can still hold the government in a high, high level from protection of military and things like that, which is the government's roles and responsibilities. But when the government keeps printing all this money, how can we have full faith in the government's monetary policy if the dollar continues to lose so much of its value? We can't. You have to put the money in something else. You have to do what this person would have done in August of 1971, which is take $10,000, $10,000, put it in gold, versus $10,000 in cash. In fact, $10,000 in the Dow Jones is worth far less than the gold. It's true, it's a fact. Between precious metals and rare coins, and obviously real estate's really good too, and there are some exceptions in real estate that I can't, I can't dismiss. I mean, I look back at, and again, look at history. Real estate also fundamentally has been a fabulous investment, certainly in certain markets, certain different parts of the US. The one thing is, what does real estate have? It's a hard asset. See? Hard assets are fundamentally one of the best investments. Oh, there's an exception for different companies that are publicly traded. I don't dismiss that at all. In fact, I think a diversified portfolio is essential to a long-term long -term growth, trying to yield the highest amount of returns. So with that said, we got to have a commercial break so we can pay for this show. Stand by. Don't go anywhere because the details are coming up. I mean, the details about what we need to do in order not to lose money in holding cash or cash-based instruments. Okay, we're going to be right back. With many gold experts predicting gold can surge up to $25,000 an ounce, now is the time to buy gold. Hard Asset Management has the guaranteed lowest prices, fast and easy ordering, award-winning customer service, and expedited shipping. Gold was up 25% last year, an incredible return for any investor. 
Call now or go to our website at bmcham.com and get your free hard asset management information kit on how easy it is for you to own gold. 844-426-4653. Okay, we're back. So today, as everyone knows, we're talking about the demise of the dollar in, based on policy from former uh, President Richard Nixon. August 15, 1971, he decided that we need to increase the spending power of the United States government in order to do that, he had to remove gold from backing the dollar because mathematically, the way it works is he would have had to continue to increase gold purchases in order to print more cash, and he didn't want to do that. So the idea was we'll remove the gold from the standardized backing of the United States dollar, the greenback, and now we're talking about what the consequences are, and, and the consequences are, are quite severe actually. So let's go right back into it. And what I want to really kind of point out here, which a lot of people miss, and, and not that people aren't understanding of things like that, it's just hard to find some places where to look and look at what the consequences are by those actions. We have to maintain history as part of our life because that, that can help policy for the future and, and keep us from pitfalls. So as we continue to go on here, basically what we're finding is that when the dollar was freestanding, after gold, so it was just free to trade. It was just it's there by itself. Lo and behold, you know, in the bare nude, I guess you can call it, no gold wrapped around it. We kind of saw what was exponentially the the downside to what had happened, and that downside was that we created this incredible bubble. In other words, we had a we had increase in credit, increase in monetary policy, Federal Reserve, United States government. So the Federal Reserve said, hey. We're now free to print as much as you want. We see that we're in a state of a recession in the early 70s, so let's print away. We don't have any real prohibitors because we don't have to buy gold to support. So what happened was gold took off, dollar drops in value, stocks start to somewhat recover because now they're flooding the, uh, the market with all these dollars, but it really didn't do much. Well, gold, fast forward now, look where it's at today. I'm you know, just under $1,900 an ounce from $35.1971, which is incredible by itself. And people that had taken the approach that diversified portfolios of investments was probably the smartest thing since we landed on the moon. So because many of the countries in the world have fared in a similar manner because they all adopted this kind of uh, print and spend policy with no real consequences of the ramifications of oversupplying currency to create inflation. You know, people talk about Venezuela, Ethiopia, Kenya back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, Argentina, Colombia, and all these different places that we can kind of talk about as third world countries, which now today are a lot more established. But, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, they were still trying to put together what they considered to be their, their stabilization of currency and economy. Well, they kind of followed the U.S. and said print away, and that destabilized the currency, destabilized the economy, and destabilized business growth. In fact, it created a contraction. So printing money, as some people in Congress have said, is okay. We can print away as much as we want. It's not okay. In Venezuela today, I was reading that they now have to print currency every couple hours because the inflation rate is so bad that it's like 10,000 or 20,000%, which is unbelievable. It's inconceivable, and it doesn't even register sometimes when you think about it. But that's exactly what is happening. We don't have that kind of crazy inflation, but it's starting to creep into the 10, 20, 
In fact, uh, I made a comment the other day when asked what I thought real inflation was. And again, I, I can only go by what numbers are published and you know, accessible internet and from the Federal Reserve, Federal Government and various places that do analytics on it. But I personally think inflation is closer to 20%. In fact, I, I know it is. When you consider housing, cars, insurance, food, gas, just everyday life, uh, utilities every month have gone up. I think we're running at 20, 25%. And I think it's going to be for a while here, for a while, and we're not realizing that if we had bought gold and silver, even to this day, I mean, think about this. Last year, gold was up 27 plus percent. Silver was up almost 48%. I mean, that's pretty good considering that the S&P was up a little over 18% and the dollar dropped nearly 7% in 2020. And it has dropped at least another 7 to 10% this year in buying power. So that would be kind of consistent to my opinion is that we're running at about 20, 25% inflation this year. I think it's going to ramp up in the fourth quarter when people start to uh, spend money on Christmas and holiday, Hanukkah and various uh, holidays that are coming up. And that's just going to create more demand, higher prices, good luck, watch out. Stock market's probably going to have a major correction any day now. It's going to catch up. But overall, what happened, what Nixon did, and now we're looking at the consequences. Like here, let's start talking about some numbers here because it's, it's staggering. I mean, it's absolutely staggering. So like, let's think about the global debt bubble based on the fact that countries have removed any support backing or credibility or credible things to back the dollar. So we're gonna take a commercial break. Okay, we're gonna be right back. Green energy demand should turbocharge silver prices to $200 an ounce, according to many experts around the world. Silver in 2020 rose nearly 48%, beating the S&P by double, while the dollar declined close to 7%. Hard Asset Management has the guaranteed lowest prices, fast and easy ordering, award-winning customer service, and expedited shipping. Call now and get your free Hard Asset Management information kit on how easy it is for you to own silver. 844-426-4653. 844-426-4653. So it, it literally took 2,000 years to reach $100 trillion in global debt, and most of that has accumulated since 1971. Then 50 years later, um, we're now at global debt over 300 trillion. So let's, let's, again, it took 2,000 years to get to $100 trillion in global debt, 2,000 years to 1971. From 1971 to today, 50 years later, the global debt level is $300 trillion. But now they're projecting, you ready for this, in the next four to nine years, just four to nine years, okay? You could have a child today and they're still not even out of high school when this happens. In fact, they're still in junior high. They might even be in elementary. You ready for this? Two quadrillion dollars in global debt. Sounds massive, sensational, but the math is simple. If we add unfounded liabilities of at least 200 trillion globally, plus total derivatives of at least 1.5 quadrillion, that takes us to two quadrillion dollars of debt by and no later than 2030 or as soon as 2025. There is no way the debt levels are sustainable. There's no way we can pay it back. And there's no way inflation will stay at 20%. It will go crazy. And it already has. So this great 
understanding of policies that create massive spending and debt levels is good for the country. It is horrific for people like us, the middle class, for people that are trying to get ahead and make a couple bucks and save it, earned money, and then let it grow. So please, I'm telling you as we sit here right now, and as you're listening, look at your overall investment portfolio. We are looking at a policy of unbelievable, uncontrollable monetary stimulation through debt. So the great financial crisis of 2006 was really the start of the end of the end. In other words, that's really where, where we got ourselves in a real pickle. And that's nothing to what we're going to see here in the, in the very near future. In August of 19, when central banks panicked and stated they would do whatever it takes, we call it the final end game. And when you look at all of the printing of money globally, domestically, either one, both, it's, it's both horrifically bad. We are literally at the point now, at a tipping point where we can't pay it back. It may be mathematically impossible to this day to pay it back, the consequences of which are going to be horrific. I did see a lot of recent commentaries, analysts, uh, predictions, and just overall smart people talking about starting next year, just how bad, how bad it can get if we don't look at the curtailing of some of this policy of, of just spend, 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 print, print, print. And if they don't stop, which I don't think they will, I mean, we can talk a nice game here, but you got to diversify. You got to get on board. You got to, you got to get some precious metals and or rare coins in your portfolio for long term. I get asked every day how much, I don't know how much. It depends on how much you're comfortable with, how much of your portfolio, what's your long term, short term, what's your age. But putting all that aside, I think as a general rule, I would say 10 to 20%. Uh, you might even give a mix, 10% metals, 10% rare coins, absolutely diversification, name of the game for sustainable long-term growth. So when you look at all of this and we kind of come full circle here, remember cash is not king. Cash is diminishing in value. Stocks, bonds, can be great long-term investments. In fact, I'm a big advocate of both as a diversified uh, portfolio but you gotta have hard assets, precious metals and rare coins. So with that said, thank you for joining. This has been a great show. Hope you, hope you got as much out of it as, as we have and understand that we are in the beginning, some say the end, because the end has already passed when it comes to the dollar's value, but I say it's the beginning of a transformation time when people are starting to wake up, realize that they need to diversify. So I hope this has been good, informative, and you enjoyed it. Until our next show, and our next show tomorrow is a doozy. We are going to go into detail, among detail, about the new millennium of American debt. Not government debt, private debt. And we'll throw some government in there, debt too. Like we talked about in this show, but even more detail. Just how much personal debt is, what the ramifications are going to be, what that means to you, because... A lot of people ask the question and they're always saying, well, well, government debt and liabilities is far greater than personal debt. Yeah, well, wait till you hear tomorrow's show and hold that thought until I'm able to give you mathematically factual information. It's not good. But then again, debt rarely is good, especially if you have more debt than assets and have more payments on the debt than income. That's bad. But we're going to show you how bad some of the personal debt is in this country and what it means to you and for you. 
Until then, uh, blessings and have a great night. Uh, we're signing off here.